I think I got some heat here. That's tasty. What's next, dog? That was heat. The doctor is in. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Doctors in Podcast. I'm Jade, sitting around here with my friends. We got Bruce. Yep, I'm Bruce. Bruce. So if this is your first episode, then this is my voice, and I'm 20 years old and don't really know what I'm talking about, but I hope you enjoy it. Oh no, you said your age. I'm Derek. I'm 32 years old. <laughs> Almost 33. Oh, fart. Jesus year. Come uh, on. Jesus year. And I'm, Big year. I'm Michael. Cool. So. Is how, how old are you, Mike? 23. <laughs> Jade? 25. Hey. Nice. Yeah. Variety. Got Kate in the back. Think she's 30. Yeah. 29. 29. Hey. Like, we're, we like average like 26. So I, 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 I wasn't hoping you all would throw all your ages, but I was just like, I feel like Yo, it might be important that I'm really, I'm young to be, <laughs> to, be like, to be like teaching other people. I feel like so. I just thought I'd throw it out. No. What does scripture say? We probably all are. Yeah. Too. Don't. Uh, yeah, that's Timothy. true. Don't. Don't. Oh. Mike, throwing scripture at you. Don't cut yourself out because of your age. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we are going to be talking about a lot of wild stuff today. Um, One being what happens to aborted children or unborn um, children. Um, We're going to talk about... Disclaimer, we don't... This podcast is not about our stances on abortion at all. Just to be extra extra clear. That's why you came Uh, here. Can we also say, we, we probably should do this every now and then. It, it probably goes without saying because we're just a bunch of yahoos on here. But our views do not rep- represent yeah. CSF. And there are a lot of people at CSF that think differently than all four of us. So this is not like the CSF official podcast. I, I think People we come up and disagree at CSF yeah, for sure. all the time. Please for sure. always come disagree yeah, with us. Yeah, I like it. Whenever someone comes up and talks to me about the pod, I'm always like, wow, we actually do have a listener oh, out there and, in the world. And I haven't checked it. Just as a oh, are we? We passed a thousand. Wow! So we forgot to should have pizza party. We forgot to you know. I don't know how Derek wanted to um, find that person. It wasn't possible, but we passed it. It's possible. We did. Yeah, we passed it. A lot of effort. So now it's it's possible if they participated in finding them. We (laughs) couldn't do it all on our own. Um, Yeah, we talk about the man, like you know. People of the man on the island. I think that's why I'm going to make the title of the episode because I'm hoping somebody <laughs> like sees it. The man on the island. And they're like, what is Interesting. <laughs> yeah. A little clickbait for you. We always come in hot with the clickbait. If you all haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah, so. let us know I what mean, you saw the word abortion in there. That's a. Yeah. The man. The Bruce, the Bruce man really changed up. If you have been a faithful listener, Bruce really changed up the last episode title. It was just rapid fire episode, not with the questions in there. So yeah, let us know. Let us know what you thought about that one. I'm doing man on the island as the title. So. <laughs> if this gets no plays, I'll know that's the problem. Right. Right, because no, that's the only reason people. Well, would I don't think people this. would know what you're meaning, and that's why they click. <laughs> <laughs> Should I spoil it right now? What the man on the island is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell them. Oh. Give it to them. Okay. Oh, yeah. I say yeah because okay. they're, they, they're already listening. They're already listening. If they've listened this far to it. hear what it is, now's your out. You're gonna hear what it's all about. Yeah. So the man on the island is basically those people who have never heard of the gospel, who maybe. Separated from the rest of society, I guess. That's why they're on the island. island. Um, never heard of the name of Jesus. And what happens to those who um, do not call upon the name of Jesus? Basically, and What is their eternal resting place? Yup. Um, in about 10 minutes, you're going to hear me give that summary again. So <laughs> just get ready for it. Re-record the intro second. So, Yep. Right. Here goes the ad in three, two, one. This episode brought to you by... 
Tushy Bidets, the freshest way to clean your bone. Also, use code VDAYBIDET for 14% off. Now back to The Doctor Is In. All right, so as we mentioned in the intro, we have a question. The question for today is about people who have never heard the gospel, never heard of Jesus, um, questions related to this. And we got one submitted that asked about um, abortion and what happens to aborted babies. And so we thought that a good way to talk about that would kind of just be to talk about who people who never have a chance to experience or hear the gospel in general. So that's what we're going to try and answer for y'all. Yeah. There's the inhale. You said I was inhale. Every time (laughs) automatic. Yeah. I don't know if I have very much to say on this topic. Um, So let's uh, just the, the question about aborted babies. I take it. The question is, will they go to heaven? or hell or what's going to happen with, and to my mind anyway, I don't know why it would be just aborted babies. I mean, let's say another baby died in the womb because of a miscarriage. Like I don't, I don't think there'd be any difference in how he would want to treat that child and a child that died because of an abortion. Yeah. I, I mean, the short answer is I don't know. I mean, I don't, we don't get any sort of like scriptural, uh, guidance on this issue specifically. So a lot of what we're doing is having to go off scriptural, uh, other scriptural principles, I guess, or other other things we know about God that have been revealed to us because there's not a verse about this in particular. So my, yeah, I mean, I, I would say God is good and just and merciful and whatever happens is uh, good and just and merciful. Like God will be, will be good and just and merciful. I, I mean, something strikes me as strange either way, like with a blanket statement of either all babies who die go to heaven or all babies who die go to hell. Like both of those just strike me as kind of obviously wrong. Um, I mean, the, especially the second one, but... Um, well, can we break down what's wrong with both of those? Because I think there's, a, based on the question, I think there's two camps of people. There's people who think that, you know what Jesus did on the cross pays for those who have never heard. And then there's people who would argue that if they don't accept Jesus as their Lord and savior and do what the Bible tells us is how we achieve salvation. So I think there's like, those are the two camps. And so when you say like, neither statement is correct, well, what would you like, what's wrong with the statement that saying that all babies who die before they would have a chance, like kind of age of innocence thing, what would you say for people who would argue that they all go to heaven? As what would like be wrong about that? Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with that statement? I'm not, I'm not saying that is definitely wrong. I think something that strikes me as weird about it is that, I mean, this is going to sound really morbid and weird. Uh, this is a morbid <laughs> though question, to be fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems like a weird like. So let's say I I have children and I care about their flourishing deeply. Um, clearly, I want them to be in heaven. And that is arguably the most important thing. And there seems something pretty strange about the, it seems like the conclusion that would be the most loving thing to do would be to kill babies, which is, is the, I mean, do you see the, the jump I'm making yeah. there? Cause it, if, if by living to, you know, some quote unquote age of age of accountability or something, we're offering them essentially the chance to go to hell but before there is no chance to go to hell that they're, they're kind of guaranteed a ticket as a, a kind of grown adult or whatever. 
I, I don't know why that just kind of strikes me as really strange. And obviously it's a, a wrong, if, if your moral intuition is saying you should kill innocent babies and it's obviously a wrong moral intuition. So th there's that th just to be clear, I'm not at all, e even if, even if we found out that all, you know, babies that died before the age of accountability went to heaven, I still would not recommend to kill babies to be clear. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's why it just kind of strikes something about that kind of strikes me as something odd. And I mean, you know, that, some some in church tradition have this is why some in church tradition have thought that babies go to something called limbo, which is there's not because they're not grown adults, like they they don't enjoy heaven in the way that we do, but they also don't go to hell. They go to this kind of middle in between state. So that's that's a guess. Obviously, is like what happens um, because like if if they all go to heaven, are they are they presumably going to heaven as like the grown adult that they would have been? Yeah. And then in that case, like, can God know, like, would they have in this, you know, in this kind of situation, would they have uh, accepted or, or maybe they'll be kind of zapped forward into a grown adult at, at death and given the opportunity or something to accept or reject Jesus. I don't know. We're, we're clearly in the realm of speculation here, but anyway. And even some it's thoughts. a speculation too that uh, babies wouldn't be able to enjoy heaven in the same way, like at that feels like to me you're putting some sort of limitation on heaven. Mm. And I don't, I don't think I don't, maybe I'm wrong there, but like, I don't, I don't know enough about heaven and I don't think anybody does to like start to put limitations that like a young child can't enjoy the well, presence yeah. of God I and mean, perfection. Young child would be different than baby. I don't okay, think this, baby, I don't, this, even. Is, this is, this isn't a claim about heaven so much as it is a claim about, the extent to which babies can enjoy things to the same extent adults can. So I just take it as a given that there's something about the abilities and faculties that I have that allow me to more properly enjoy and relate to God and some, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is wrong. Like, I, yeah, maybe it is a wrong intuition, yeah. but that's my intuition. Is okay. That, um, so are you saying that, okay, so God is outside of time. So you're saying that, he would know later on in life whether they would give their life to him or not. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah, that could, that's one that's yeah. one possible option is that some some people think that we this we could get in weeds here, but the, the, there's it. something called and this is the 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 term is like middle knowledge, and the idea is that God knows things that didn't happen mm -hmm. but could have happened if 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 you know let's say. Um, you know, I, I wore this today, but mm. maybe if I wore a long sleeve shirt instead of a short sleeve shirt, something about my day would have changed and God knows how mm. that's not a good example. Let's say I bumped into somebody randomly at a restaurant or I chose to go to this coffee Butterfly shop effect. instead of this, instead mm. of that coffee shop. And because I met that, I went to another coffee shop, I met this person and God like knows all of these possible worlds, all these possible things that could have happened and all these different, like, mm. you know, decision trees basically of how it could have gone and some people think that that's true some people think that it isn't um but that that would be along those lines right so if you think that god god knows what would have happened um but yeah. that not not what in fact happened and i'll refer to to prior episodes where you've said i don't feel comfortable saying who goes to heaven or hell i think that's definitely pretty yeah. Get a good answer. Because, Thankfully, it's not my job. Yeah, like we can't say he's going to have it out. But I do want to refer to, is it Second uh, Samuel? I'm probably going to, I'll just paraphrase where David said, when his 
kid dies. Do you have that? No, I have Romans one pulled up for okay. later. Um, when the baby dies and he says he can't come back to me, but I can go to him. So that seems like you'd see him again in heaven. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, I hope so. And I, I mean, I, again, that's, that is what I hope is the case is that you know, people who lose young children or babies will get to see them again. So I'm, yeah, I hold out hope for that being the, the case. I'm not saying that isn't the case. So you don't think it would be a fair assumption to say when that happens in the case of David's baby, who he loses, even though that happened for David, we can't say that that's necessarily going to be the case for every child. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not saying it isn't. To, uh, so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really saying almost nothing. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of saying like, yeah, that laying out the thought processes. Yes. Laying out. Thought so you processes. actually have no opinion on this. <sighs> I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I would love you to give an opinion, even if you're not saying this is a hundred percent right, but yeah. this is what I believe based on what I've read and what I've studied. I think that uh, again, I mean, the, the kind of ground that I stand on, on these issues with heaven and hell is that God is more just and merciful than I am. And he wants to see, he loves that child more than I do. And uh, yeah, I would do whatever I could to see that that baby enjoyed life with me. So I think that is God's movement and trajectory and what he wants. And he and whatever kind of situation it is, like whatever happens to, to us after we die in that kind of interim state before the final resurrection. Yeah, I'd like to think that um, that that child is enjoying heaven or able to enjoy heaven. And that I've I think a lot of them will. So I, I'm not, I, again, I just, it's just the moral intuition thing about just saying like a blanket statement, every, yeah. every child goes to heaven just seems, strikes me as a little strange for the reason that I said, but I hope it's true. And I think there's mm-hmm. all, there are some things, there are some reasons to think that it would be true. Um, that, that, that God is, is good and just and merciful. And only the only people who spend eternity in hell are those who reject him. I think God, because you said we, what we have to do to achieve salvation. I actually think God has done all that it needs to be done to achieve mm-hmm. salvation, and it's only when we reject Him that uh, that we that we don't um, join Him in that. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about. I think it's in the last episode or previous episodes that because I think a large uh, hinge point here is where there's different thought processes of are you born in sin. And I think that yeah. I think that changes things. Like, is is there is there a total depravity? Is that like you are born into sin on the trajectory towards hell? And the only way that that changes is is if you have an encounter with God and come to faith, and then you get to go towards heaven. I feel like that's the hinge point of like, mm-hmm. is are, are we born in sin? Are we born with this idea of you know we're totally depraved and we don't. No matter what, I don't. I've kind of laid it out enough, but yeah, yeah. There's no doubt that we're born in sin and that we are by nature sinful. I think the question is, what does salvation look like, and how is it, as to use the word Bruce used, achieved? I think it's achieved by what God does, and God is actively trying to save everyone. And the only way that we won't be saved is if we reject Him. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does so, make sense. So, so well, well, then I'll say, what does rejection look like? Like, is rejection any kind of sin we have, or is it like an active? 
I heard rejecting yeah. of like the truths that we read about in the Bible and the, you know, who Jesus was and who God is. Because to me, like there's plenty of people in the world who have never turned their life to Christ, but have probably never been like, curse you. I don't want any part of Christianity. And so it's like those people who are in this middle ground, would, do you have a stance on those people? Because what you're saying right now, to me, I'm interpreting it as unless they've actively rejected him, then they should be fine. But I feel like that's not what I would read in scripture. Because the, the, I mean, this is two. The, the, this is almost two different conversations. There's the conversation of the original question of unborn babies, of day old, week old, or whatever that is. But then there's also the guy on, uh, you know, the, I mean, there's the man on the island. Let's switch it to that then. I'm down. Then to there's to there's because there's people all across the globe who I don't know. Yeah. You hear some the some people talk about the 1730 window or something where it's like there's this huge portion of. I don't know the numbers. Know. Someone can correct <laughs> me on the numbers, but there's this huge portion in somewhere in the eastern part of the world of where there's this like huge uh, area where like the gospel has not reached. Mm-hmm, um, right. And so I feel like as we're more transitioning into that, but I do think it it is worth saying it's it's two different questions. Yeah, yeah, even though they're related. They're, re- they're they're related. I would say. Yeah, they're strong. Well, I was gonna say what I was writing down earlier when Bruce was she was writing secret notes over here next to me and because I was thinking of this the word rejection and if it's okay I've heard I've comprehended and I'm rejecting it um but what about yeah the man on the island referring to that then the bible says to go and preach the gospel not because I was trying to think of every scenario like the bible doesn't say well don't go to these unreached people groups because then if they hear and then they reject. They may have the chance to reject, and then yeah. you're, so it's, you're screwing them. Yeah. Then yeah, evangelism is almost it's almost yeah. the same thing. as It's the opposite version of killing babies for the chance that, oh, so we don't screw them over. Mm-hmm. It's or, uh, not the opposite. It's the like it's the same thought process, but for the 40-year-old. Yeah, also, well, it's better for that they don't hear. That, that's yeah, what the Bible I don't want to risk their eternity for the next 20 years of their life or whatever it is going to be. And I also just want to clarify when we're talking about the man on the Island, we're saying this hypothetical scenario where there's a guy on an Island alone and he never hears like never, the never name reads of Jesus, the Bible. never reads the Bible, never has a conversation with anyone about it. Like we're kind of discussing what does, what, what happens after he dies is yeah. kind of what we're talking about. When we say man on the Island. Yeah. There's, so there's a lot going on here. First of all, a lot of questions have been fired out there in the last few minutes. I, so I think one thing that I just want to say that's loosely related is, which is something we've talked about on previous episodes as well, that salvation is bigger than just who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. So one motive, just, just to be clear, one motive for evangelism, regardless of the question of heaven or hell, is that we want people to be in relationship with Jesus now we think that people who aren't in relationship with Jesus now are missing out on something. The second thing I would say, which is very closely related to that, and it's obviously very closely related to the eternal destiny of people's souls, is that I do think because of sin nature that we are all on a trajectory apart from Jesus that's a bad trajectory. And it's Mm -hmm. one that is, you might say, a trajectory of rejection. That without without the role of grace in our lives we will continue to harden our hearts toward rejection. I do think there's got to be, uh, so when we, if we're thinking just eternal destiny, uh, 
there's there there would be some sort of like ultimate rejection or maybe maybe like kind of like in the great divorce where you'd say that there are people that have just they're just so far away it's like technically there is it is possible that they would repent or something but they've they've just hardened their hearts so much to where it's inconceivable that they would actually turn and uh, and accept Jesus. So the, even that's not like a kind of ultimate rejection that I'm speaking of, but I mean even in the great divorce Lewis talks about the setting of that the, the sun will set, right? Or, or the sun will rise, I can't remember which one it is. I think the sun will rise, the dawn will come, and then there'll be this kind of finality. And I think of that as kind of like the final resurrection that we read about in scripture. And maybe that that is kind of the final like hey, here's here's your choice, choose choose, choose your side for for yeah. lack of a better term, right? And I think, yeah, pretty much most most people, apart from Jesus, apart from the grace of God, are on a trajectory of rejection, and that's why we need to evangelize. That's why we need to tell people about Jesus, to to tell people that Jesus is King. And most of the people that aren't thinking about it, that are just going about their days, that and these are this is actually the people we mostly interact with. That it's people that just are kind of apathetic about religion yes. or about Jesus or about God. They're on a trajectory of rejection. They're, they are you know, just when we live into kind of our nature, our natural state, our natural way of being, um, we we fail. We 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 do bad things. We sin, and that's the that's one of the problems that Jesus comes to address. And what that's the problem Jesus does address, obviously. But without that recognition and without that repentance, that which is the word that means literally turning around and, and doing it and going a different direction then you're, you're on the, that trajectory of rejection, I think. So maybe, is that is that hope? Is that kind of good? To I, what I think that's a good like framework to think about with the trajectory of rejection. And so I guess my question is, assuming no one steps in. So I have someone really close to me that this is actually like a problem for them when they think about like the character of God and do I want to follow this? Do I believe in this? Like, what does that look like? And so he's kind of posed it as like, how can a loving God allow for, you know, the guy, a 25 year old who grew up in like a Muslim, you know, sure. city yeah. and like never experienced it and only knew this one thing. And like, you know, I grew up in like a Christian home. It's like, it was like laid out for me on a platter compared to what this person would have to, the steps that this person would have to go through in order to accept Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And okay. so how could a loving God allow for that disparity and like for that person not to be chosen while I was chosen, even though despite it being laid on a platter, I rejected it for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, in my brain, this connects, let me know if this doesn't connect Romans one kind of, it's kind of a little chunk, but I think it's worth reading. Um, Romans one 18, um, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So I think, I mean, I, I think, and this is my interpretation of the scripture and I can always be wrong and I'm glad to be wrong. My interpretation of that is, is I don't think God is like kind of what Derek is laying out and we've laid out in previous things is God desires all to be saved. Um, and so I think his, this is almost kind of getting to that of like, he's not just saying, well, you know, I didn't really like that guy as much as 
Bruce, so I'm just going to put him over here, and then now he's destined for failure. Like, my character is still revealed through nature. Mm-hmm. And, like, and to us, that sounds like crazy, and it doesn't even make any sense. But if he is, if it's saying, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Like, it's like, I think he's going out of his way to use this as a vessel. Yeah. It's, I never want to disagree with scripture, obviously, because I'm setting myself up for failure. But to me, I would, I have a hard time reading that and taking it at face value because that doesn't seem like the world that I've necessarily experienced. And I wouldn't say, you know, as a Christian, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, like I look around and I see like, you know, I mean, I, I think I see a creation, so I see a creator, but I wouldn't be able to put the pieces together that there, you know what I mean? But like that's maybe where sometimes I have thoughts that we are so, I don't know, we have become so ingrained into what like, and I like your distinction of words of like the eternal, what was what you're saying? They're their eternal placement of where, where they're going to spend eternity is different than even salvation. Yeah. But we think of like the kid at youth camp who's sitting there reading his Bible. Like, I don't know, saying these like phrases and words, but like, maybe somehow the way that this guy sees nature and realizes that there is a creator, he sees God in it. And that is enough for him to believe and to be saved. But it, and that is outside of our like box of like, okay, well this is how somebody, they say the prayer, they, you know what I'm saying? So it may be like, I don't know where sometimes we like get so ingrained in our, like how things are done that maybe, even though he recognizes there's a creator and he doesn't know exactly, you know, he doesn't know Romans, whatever the verse is that I don't know if this makes sense. And I'm flushing this out and I don't even know how theologically sound this is. Um, but to just remind ourselves that, that like God is way bigger and greater than us. So maybe the version of him recognizing creation is enough. Does that make sense? I don't, man, do you have man problems look, man with looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. Uh-huh. That's one verse you could go to as well. Were you going to say something, Jade? Yeah, I was going to say, and we could be looking at things through a Western like lens too. Like we grew up with churches on every corner. We've heard the gospel, and some people may not look at a cloud and see God, but He may open hearts and minds to people in a some tribe somewhere who's never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus, and He could be speaking these the Romans one his invisible attributes in nature to them in a different way that they're going to understand and grasp more than the American way that, like I said, has heard the gospel, has churches, and may not see the sun shine and think, oh, that's God. You know, like mm-hmm. I relate to God that way, but some people might not. So he, he works in different ways for different cultures, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so we may just be caught up in our own worldview maybe yeah. and yeah. that's the thing about scriptures you can take things but then you can probably use the scripture to go on the flip side uh, of yeah, like, i was gonna of this whole another thing from rome of this guy this guy is like well he's without excuse and he d- he wasn't able to recognize that it's god and so he's he doesn't get it yeah so romans ten romans. nine says mm-hmm. because if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes and thus has righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses and thus has salvation. I don't know which type of salvation he's referring to here. Um, and then it says, For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, who richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so 
I don't know what it means to call on the name of the Lord. Yeah. But it feels like as soon as we say, oh, you know, we see in like all cultures everywhere throughout history, they have, they recognize that there's something more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're worshiping all sorts of things. And it's like, I don't think that they're worshiping God doing that because then what is idolatry? You know what I mean? Like I would, are like the Native Americans, like we see like they have like all these different things going on, worshiping all sorts of things just from culture to culture. And so it's like they, I would say they looked around and recognized that they weren't the highest being and they looked around and saw, you know, God's glory places, but they sent their praises and called on a name that was not the Lord's. And I don't think that he's saying that they're like, oh yeah, like that's the same thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would yeah. hope that all the Native Americans are chilling in heaven, looking down at me, shaking their head right now. But it's hard for me to think when I read about like what idolatry is and what it means to worship no name other than the Lord's. It's like, it seems like they're doing more so of that. Yeah, there's a there's a bit in, um, and this is a controversial bit, I suppose, in C.S. Lewis, but at the end of the last battle, you may be aware of this character called Emmeth, who you see throughout the book, mm-hmm. and he's a follower of Tash. So if you, if you had to do kind of a one-to-one analogy, the followers of Tash would be something like Muslims, probably, that you have a, a very different... Um, way of speaking about religion and they you know they worship god the god tash not the true god uh, aslan but you see this character named emeth who displays you know all these all these virtues throughout the book and at the end when aslan's well you know letting people into aslan's country of course something like heaven he lets emeth in and what he says is he says you called me by a different name but when you were doing these acts of devotion and worshiping me you were really worshiping me. You just didn't know that. You didn't, and 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 you have to think like, there's a really fine line here, of uh, between um, calling on a specific name. I mean, even even just like the name Jesus, for example, is we we say that name differently than other people in other parts of the world. It's translated differently. Yeshua, for example, would be a way you'd, you would say it in Hebrew. Um, and then so that you, you can get some to these kind of like blurred lines of, well, what counts as explicit worship of Jesus? And another thing I notice about the, the Romans 10 passages, it just says those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say those you who don't be. specifically won't. Yeah. And I do. I, I mean, Jesus himself indicate here's, here's the thing. The, the Bible, for all it says about many, many topics, actually says relatively very little about heaven and hell. And about who will be in heaven or hell, and I, you, you all, you all had this. You, I mean, you had Jerry Walls on talking about this, so this issue is obviously related. But one thing, Jesus, one, one thing that does seem pretty clear to me in the New Testament is that there are going to be surprises. Jesus Himself says, you know, those who call on on me and say, Lord, Lord, you know, we did all these things in Your name, He's going to say, away from me, I never knew You. Just like the thief on the cross says, "Remember me in heaven," Jesus says, "You're going to be with me today in paradise." So they're the, when we get to heaven, I'm pretty convinced there are going to be some surprises. There are going to be people that down here we see and we think, well, that person didn't seem like a Christian to me. Or, that, or, or, or a person who didn't make it and said, well, that person seemed like a Christian to me. It seemed like they were doing all, all the right things and saying all the right things. So this is why I'm always so hesitant to say, I'm not going to point at anybody and say this person's in heaven or hell. And the, the passages quoted, I think, is really important as well, that that man looks at the outer appearance, we look at the heart. All we can do is look at the outer appearance. 
if God's looking at something different than us, that means we got to be pretty careful if we're going to draw really clear boxes about who gets in yeah. and who doesn't, because we don't have the information that God has. So if we've got if we've got it on good authority that there are going to be surprises, we've got it on good authority that God looks at the heart, we look at outer appearances, then we should be pretty careful about this. And another point I want to make is, and this is specifically to your friend, where this is like a concerning thing for for a lot of people. Christianity does not have a settled view about what this looks like. Christianity has a lot of different thoughts throughout history. There have been a lot of different people who have thought different things about how this all shakes out and 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 what what this looks like in the end. But what Christianity does have settled views on is that God is just and merciful and mm-hmm. loving. So we know that whatever happens in the end, whatever it may look like to us right now, is just and merciful mm-hmm. and loving. And that's the thing that we know with absolute certainty Everything else is speculation. And yeah, you have something? I, I kind of have something, but it's kind of a wrapping up thought. So I'll save it if you okay. want more. Um, something, well, just in the midst of this conversation, just to bring us back to that there still is, the rejection of Jesus is still, it's not just like, oh yeah, I just denied Jesus. And I and then I just am good. Like, I, like I don't, I don't, I don't know, maybe... Different people have different thoughts, but I don't think everyone ever just gets to go to heaven. And I don't know. I just don't want that to be like heard when we're saying some of this stuff. Yeah, and I'm. And it's not just like, oh, we're just. What's the what's the correct term that everyone gets to go? Universalism. You know, yeah, I don't think we're prescribing universalism. No, right I mean, now. even even the Lewis passage that I quoted, like Emmeth is the only one who gets in that worships Tash, right? So, like, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I mean, I think Christians are in a, in a privileged. People that are live in a Christian culture are in a, certainly in a privileged position, that, and we ought to we we ought to be grateful for that. That we are able to hear the gospel so clearly. Uh, yeah. So I think that, that there's no doubt that um, we ought to evangelize. That there are people out there that are on what, uh-huh. what I call the trajectory of rejection, and that's a big problem. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So we're not saying we're universalist, good, but good call because I, I, now that you said that, I know someone was going to say something. About yeah, hundred percent. They're going to, they would rule us out immediately. Like, well, well, these guys are, yeah, these guys are saying this and we're not saying that. Yeah. Like I definitely, the people who do reject Jesus do not get to spend eternity with him. Yeah. Even, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I also recommend going in and listen to the Jerry Walls episode because yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to it, so maybe it's not any good. But you guys it's, said it was good, and it he's was talking really about heaven. Or, he's talking about heaven and hell in the afterlife. I don't. I will say this: this is a little late. I maybe should have said this on the pod. I don't necessarily. We didn't really push him that hard because we were not ready for what that dude was dropping. <laughs> so if anyone <laughs> we knew we were, that, and we, we're like, this is what these guys believe. Yeah. Not necessarily. Sure. Yeah, we but I'm saying we were told opinions. we were yeah. recording 30 minutes we're, earlier. He's he's yeah. So all, all I'm saying is like, if you're interested in these in this kind of final destination questions, we've we've got a podcast on that. If you want to go, yes. Um. Yeah. And and even to refer back to the Romans 10, like the last bit of it for everyone yeah. who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Like, I think that is the thing to hold on to, because and and that can. Most likely, will like you said, it's pro- that's going to look different than what we expected it to look like. Like the, yeah. we'll be surprised that like, oh, that person, the way they called on the name of the Lord was like that wouldn't fit our like cookie cutter example, mm-hmm. and they were still there. Especially because mm-hmm. Jesus Himself says, "Not everyone who says Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven." Right? Yeah. They're calling they, on the name of the uh-huh. Lord to Jesus specifically. Yeah, and He's saying, "But you still didn't know me." I think, okay. 
I'm trying to keep up with with what everyone is saying. Um, okay, help, all right, help me with this. I'm trying to flesh out some some ideas here. I love it. So, God is more merciful and kind than we can ever be. So He has complete compassion on, let's say, a 20 year old man on the island who's never heard. So He's completely c- compassionate. Um, but also, we're all born into sin. So, whether we've heard the gospel or not, like we still need a savior. Um, so I want what, Bruce. Can you read the Romans ten? What the? I'll I'm start sure. at nine and read through thirteen. Well, if you read want. about the maybe fourteen. How can they confess? That they yeah, well, heard? that that's that's the next uh, scripture I was going to bring up to try and reference. Oh, how are they to call okay. on one that they have not believed in, and how are they to believe in one they have not heard of, and how are they to hear without someone preaching to them, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how timely is the arrival of those who proclaim the good news. But not all have obeyed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Consequently, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the preached word of Christ. Yeah, so I know he's so compassionate on those who have never heard, but also we've all fallen short, we've all sinned. People who've never heard are maybe worshiping false gods. Um, so it just gets tricky. Like, like we've all said, we're not in charge of who goes to heaven or hell and there will be surprises. But I think that's why, um, Jesus, I mean, he's clear about evangelizing, sharing the gospel. Um, so I don't know. It just, it yeah. just seems if like he's, he's, we can trust yeah. that he's completely merciful, but we can also trust that he's completely just yeah. is they happen at the exact same time. So it's like, yeah. how do we almost kind of in the midst of this defend the other side? Um, to still encourage people to evangelize, jump in. hundred percent. I just, something I think about, cause I hear people all the time. It's how can a loving God do this? How can a merciful God do this? And a lot of like re- one great response is, well, he's also fully just, but I think another response to that is, um, anytime our definition of the attributes of God, which we see laid out all throughout scripture, like I'm thinking Exodus 34. I just, my mom just taught on that at Sunday school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we see Shut that it's all loving and all these things. Um, anytime that we disagree with God on how he can be all loving and do this, it is not that God is not all loving. It is that we have a skewed definition of what love is. And so for the Christian, God defines like these words that we throw out, like love and justice and mercy and grace are not defined by us, but defined by the creator. And so it's like any time that you're thinking, Oh God can't be all loving. Well, God, you know, he is love. He's the definition of it. So it's not him that has a skewed definition of how best to love the world, but it's you who has a skewed definition. And so yeah. it's like, I even think that we just need to remind ourselves in like a humble way that if I disagree with God, then I'm wrong. And that is like a great place for me to settle because when I get to heaven, I'm not worried about how he decided who came in and who didn't. Because if I disagree with him, then I'm glad he did it the way he did it. And like Derek says, like, I'm thankful I didn't have to make those calls. Yeah. I mean, you disagree with me on that? A little, a little. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think, I think you're mostly right. And I, I think what you're, what you said that is definitely right is we have to tune our, understandings of what it means to be loving and just and merciful to God. There's no doubt about that. But there are limits to that, one of which being if our our words, so when we say God is love, that has to mean something, right, to us. Um, other, otherwise, we might as well say God is 
television or God is computer. And it means it's, it's meaningless. Like it's, it's, it is literally a word without meaning. So unless it means something like what we mean by our word love and that we can, we can draw this kind of analogy and comparison. So, I mean, this is why scripture, for example, compares God several times to a father. And we have a, you know, generally pretty clear idea about what it means to be a loving father. Now there are some, even if we, if we sat here and listed a bunch of characteristics of what it means to be a loving father, we might come to some different ones, but there would be a core idea here, right? That we would all kind of agree, like you can't do this and be a loving father. Like, like if God started torturing, just, just, uh, just a second, just as an example, if God started torturing a child for fun, the right response to that is not, well, God just must be loving in some way I don't understand. But like, no, that is not okay. I reject this, and I'm no longer calling this God loving. That's the proper response. Even And this is, you know, this is the famous example. And, okay, okay. Um, well, then let me say this. God destroys whole cities in the Old Testament. And I would still say God is completely love. And there's so many people, and even... I'm not saying he tortured them and laughed about it. I'm sure he had such a mournful heart. But there are people who would say okay, we're going to compare him to a father, not loving for a father to murder his children, not saying God was a murderer, anything like that. But I'm saying this is what I would, this is what I'm I'm trying to think of the other side of your argument. And even the loving thing, there are things, there are people who I would go on campus and say a loving father should not, you know, not necessarily be accepting of everything that their child says about themselves, about their identity, things like this. And there are people on campus who would say that is such a, that is not a father. That is not love. That is not hateful. You need to, fully accept whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we would disagree on that. And so I think like, that's where I'm like, I don't, my definition matters so much less because my definition is based on his character. Not, I try and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is what I said. Like, I, I agree that there, there's, there are some peripheral things. Like if even, if even the four of us, four of us that probably think generally pretty similarly about things that are all committed Christians, if we define what it means to be a loving father, we'd probably have some differences, especially mm-hmm. whenever you, you, you get out to people who aren't Christians or whatever and ask them. And and that's fine. I'm not saying that God is, and God clearly isn't just like our definitions of, of an earthly father. He's different in several ways. I'm saying there's got to be some core there in which we hold on to and yeah. say, if this, if there is, if this doesn't exist in God, then, uh, then what are we even saying when we say that's God true. is love? It's a meaningful word. It's a meaningless word. Like even with destroying the cities, like, I don't know. There probably are times whenever destroying cities are a loving, a loving yeah, thing to do. I mean, I we think about wars that we think to be just and and even merciful wars, um, wars that that we think need to be fought, even if you wish it didn't have to be so. Right. So yeah, there are of course, and and there are things in in the the Bible and the Old and New Testaments that I I don't know. I, I it I look at it and I think that you know something about that rubs me the wrong way. Same. That's and that's okay. That's okay to have those questions. I'm not saying that. It's that God is going to neatly fit in our box of here's all the things that we say. Um, I'm just saying there is, there has to be some kind of core idea of love for it to have any meaning when we say that God is love and just and merciful, that we have to have some, some concept of what those things mean and that there's a limit that we, we would, there are some things that, that God could do that if he did, we ought to say that is unjust and unloving. God, now, of course, God can't do those things, to be clear. God is perfectly loving. God is perfectly just see, in, in his nature. But like, if, if there were, you know, a God that, that tortured a child just for fun, and we knew that, and he said that, then I think the proper response would be to reject that God as, as loving. 
and and uh, and of course that's thankfully not the God that we serve. The God that we serve cannot do that. Yeah, I'm getting at the point where there are people who would say that a God that you all serve has done those things. Sure, like they, yeah, that, people, yeah, yeah. So it's, to me, it's like my response to those people would not be that I've accepted that God isn't truly love. I would say I have a different definition of love than you, and my definition is based on what He's done. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I think we're saying the same. A lot. Of the I same think you're thing. saying a lot I, of the I same thing. But yeah, I think yeah. there is a little bit of where it seems hard for it seems at least theologically dangerous to start to get to say, well, we get to determine whether or not what God did was right, and if it was wrong, then we should throw him out. A lot I, of people have determined that he was wrong and, and that, thrown and him and out. If sure. That's not, yeah, they have. If that's not what you're, you're saying, then I don't. I'm not trying to uh, make assumptions, but it feels a little bit on the back end. To be like, well, we should throw that God out. I'm definitely not saying that. I'm just saying, like, if we are going to call God loving, then there have got to be some things that we rule out as saying God yes. can't do this. And if He does that, He's no longer loving. Like that has to be the case. Otherwise, when we say God is love, it's it's meaningless. Like we have we have no. It, I might as well say God is chair or God is schloving or whatever. Yeah, like some I, some word that has no meaning to us. If it's got meaning, yeah. there's got to be some things in which which it rules out. Right, yeah. and I and think one of those just to, just again the clear obvious example is torturing torturing a child for fun. There's no no, no yeah and reason think, to do it. No yeah yeah, and I think that's the like the hinge point is not the like torturing a child, but it's the motivation behind it. Like if you were somehow sure that you knew for fact that the God who was doing this torturing was doing it for fun, and you somehow knew that, I don't even know how you can know that. Then you can rule them out. But you don't. That's a, yeah, that's all I want to say. Then right you now. don't get. Yeah. But you don't get to look at certain things and then put his motivation your perspective of his motivation into the picture without really knowing correct yeah i mean there there may be some things that we would say like i, I i'm not we don't have to get into yeah. this because it's, it's far afield but maybe we would say there's there there's no way to torture a child and be loving towards that child at the same time Maybe. I, I'm not I, saying that that is definitely the case but that and, seems like a pretty And at the end of the day we can look at scripture yeah, I mean, this is we, this we've I, gone I rogue here. You can look at scripture and you do know that everything God in did in scripture was loving. Yeah, and so if there are people who are saying if there's stuff in scripture, how can a loving God do that? I think that's where you can take Bruce's example and say, hey, it actually says that God is love, and if He did that, then we can assume that those things are together. Yeah. So t- I think the thing to stay in is in scripture. Anything that God did, or even yeah. the way Jesus lived. You can take Bruce's argument for sure, yeah, and th- and that's to go back to what I said at the very beginning of this uh, rabbit trail that we've gone off on. Is I agree with bas- basically with what Bruce said that we have to tune our understandings of love and humility to God and to Scripture. That's essential, right? Um, so I, I guess it's I guess more than anything, it's a caveat that yeah that we have to and put there. I love that you brought that up, and I totally agree that if we didn't have a definition of the word, it would be meaningless. It would be pretty much just saying God is God, and we would be getting nothing from it. So I like that you brought that up, but it just it's really really uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Oh, it is. Yeah, for me to um, say that. Oh well, if if God did this, then I I know He's not loving. Yeah, you know what I mean because. I just like there's so many examples where I could hear that and I could see and even like when it comes to torturing a child, like I don't want to just be like spending the whole episode defining words, but you know, this was the last thing I'll say about it. We can move on then. But it's like defining a child, like there are people who would say, like, based on the circumstances that certain children are in, that God has put them in, then you know what I mean? 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We don't Let, need to yeah. get into it. We can Let's, move on. And, well, and to, to, to wrap it all up and bring us back to it, to the begin, to where uh, the topic we started on is the reason I think, uh, the reason I say that is whenever, like, I, I, I here, I'll just throw, throw my cards on the table. Like, I think whenever someone dies, the, the person, the Allen dies, I think that God gives them like a fair shake and a chance to hear the gospel and that they will have a chance to call upon the name of the Lord. Right. I, I think that, um, mm. and that's true. Of course, that's the, the person on Wait, the, say, on the say island. That again. So maybe, maybe it, maybe it happens after death or I don't know when it happens or maybe it happens at death. Oh, I don't know. Or maybe, oh. or maybe, maybe, you know, here I'm open to this. Maybe God miraculously at the second before death gives this person a vision and they have an opportunity to respond to that vision. Um, but I just think that if someone is, that doesn't have the opportunity to hear, no one ever, uh, um, like preach the gospel to them and they're on this Island, they had no choice to, to exist and no, and have really no opportunity to respond to the gospel. Um, they, I don't know how it will happen and I don't know in what sense, maybe it'll just be, it'll be God looking at their heart, right? And, and determining whether or not their heart is, would call if, upon the name of the if Lord. If he wants to party or, with them forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or they'll have an opportunity after death. Um, well, but everybody will have an, everybody has an opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord. And That's, I even I think the, think the, of the scripture that to. like every knee will bow and every mm-hmm. tongue will confess that like there is, it seems to be that, that there is this moment where everyone does come before him and gets an opportunity to say yes or no. Right. Or is that, is that like, is that kind of what you're saying or is that not really? Um, yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily what I'm saying, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's related, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I, and I, I think I do want to, and I'm kind of going to start to move towards wrapping up if anyone has I was gonna do final the same thoughts. Thing. You got any final thoughts? Well, I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> I'm just thinking about. Uh, not about it, the baby. Well, torturing I am, child. Things. No, but is that <laughs> Isaiah 55, like. God's ways and thoughts are higher than ours. So I may never fully understand. We're not. Um, but he created the world for his glory. And even if he saved one person, he's still gracious and merciful. Even if it's one person, I think. Like, it's his, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's his world and we're living. When you're saying something and you look over at Derek and he's making that face, it is such a Like, he didn't have to save anyone. He didn't have to die. He didn't have to... He could yeah. have lived. He could have lived with the Trinity peacefully, and never saved any of us. So even if he just saved one person, it's like, wow, what a merciful God to even step in at all. That's just my thought. But he, yeah, is yes or no? Yeah, oh, we don't. I mean, I think it would. I think it's it would get us into other conversations. Do we need to Maybe do it's a, a different podcast? Yeah. Do we need to do a part two here? Uh, I don't think so. I think okay. it's just yeah. We'll if somebody wants to drop a related yeah, question can, or wants to ask more specifically yeah, about question. that, submit it to the link in but, the description. But Jay's gonna keep going. For but his heart is for everyone to uh, yes. come to salvation and be in a relationship with him. Um, so that's all I really got. I think I have more thoughts about the aborted babies, but I don't know if we're wrapping up or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're in like, and I want to. Also, when I'm listening to podcasts and I hear like people start rabbit holes and then they don't actually flush it out, like I get annoyed by that. So if there was something that we said that you're like, I would, you guys mentioned this, you didn't really go into it, send a follow-up question so that we can like finish. Obviously in all these questions, there's so many different places to go, but to end, I do want to encourage and do say that like, 
I I would be really sad if anyone listening to this walked away and like were demotivated to evangelize. Mm. For sure, yeah. Like I I do want to end like even with the um how can they call on the one who have they not believed and how can they believe in the one who they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching them um and how can they preach unless they are sent. So like this if like if you're feeling that this is like a reminder to like we are sending you guys like Jesus is sending you guys like his last words, the great commission is go make disciples of all nations. So that like, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to like, well, they'll, I guess they'll have their chance at the end of life. Um, like people are rejecting God and will have to live consequently because of that the rest of their life. So please go and evangelize, tell people. And also if you've had this thought process of like, well, man, I would, I would love to get to do this to live yeah. how I want to live and then get to die and then believe in Jesus and get to go in heaven. Like, I think even at the core of that, there's a lot, the lie that you believe then living for Jesus on this side of earth is the worst option. And I've been there. Yeah. And, and, and to be clear, I'm, I'm not saying that, right. I'm not saying that, uh, you can just live however you want. And then at the end, you'll get this kind of decision. I'm saying that when you live however you want, and it's because we're we're all sinners. When we live however we want, we're on a trajectory of rejection. And it and, gets and harder every, and, and, and harder and, gets, and gets, harder. Yeah, and you you will you will reject God. I mean, again, like great divorce is a great it for all. It doesn't even matter Such what it says bet. about heaven and, and hell. What it what it says is it shows how we all reject God all the time, and how people even when they see. Uh, the fullness of the goodness that God offers that they still are willing yeah. to reject God. I'll, I'll, and the more we do that, the more our hearts will be de- turned a- away from God. And that's a really bad thing. So yeah, I think this should, episode should give you more reason for evangelism. Yeah. Not, an, not un- an unrepented heart is going to continually reject God, reject God, reject God. And it's going to get harder and harder to turn the other way. Yeah. Jerry um, Wallace talks a lot about that. So go back and yeah. get that one. And listen, if you want to hear about that. Um, yeah. Just one, two, if if this is even encouragement just for me to like say somebody like if you're listening to this like be sent like my church every week ends the service by being saying be spent and sent well for the gospel like evangelism is necessary and important um and i don't know i think about this and i'm like the way i want to live my life is i want to get to heaven and be like i made heaven as crowded as possible like at the end of the day, get to look around and be like, what God did through me, heaven got to be a little bit more crowded. Um, so, and a reminder that living for Jesus on this side of the earth is the best option. Mm. Word. Yeah, my, I'm just going to get my little final Yeah, thoughts. do it, please. I feel like we've had a good synopsis, so. Give it to him. Um, my last two thoughts are, the first one is just that I don't think anything we've talked about, like you were saying, takes away from what we're commanded to do in scripture. So I think if we're commanded to share the gospel, let's keep sharing the gospel. Um, my second thought is his ways are greater than our ways. So again, it's just one of those things about like, I'm not going to disagree with whatever he decides. We may not know, but I think that we can trust that our God who is all loving and that word still has meaning um, that, you know, he knows what's best and I, I trust him in that. And I think that's part of what it means to trust God. Um, and also just the last thing, uh, if you're listening to this, and, you know, you hear us read about, like, calling on his name and being saved, and you don't feel um, like you've done that. You don't feel like you are walking with the Lord in this way. I would just encourage you that, like, he is waiting for you, and he's waiting for you to call on your name. And that invitation, you know, 
God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And that's not a relationship that you have to earn or you have to work through. Like we were talking about, he's done the work and he's just ready for you to accept him. So I would even in the spirit of evangelism, just throw that out there. If anyone made it through the 50 minutes, um, who doesn't think that they have this relationship with Christ, uh, find a friend of yours who's a Christian and talk to him about it and say, this is what I want. Or, um, yeah, go to a church, yeah. find somebody. There's plenty yeah. of people repent and who God's come working back through. into relationship. With yeah. Him. He wants it. If you want it too, then it sounds perfect. Alrighty. I think that is uh, all we got for y'all then. So see you next week.